Hello everybody. Before we get started, if uh, you think uh, the work that I do is valuable and informative for you, please uh, make a financial contribution to all of my hard work and efforts. There, uh, uh, there's every which way to pay to to to, to send send me support uh, on my, on all of my web on all of my podcast pages as well as on the Substack and Brighteon uh, pages, so uh, pl uh, thank you. After doing the expose on Frank Dicotter last week about what a fraud he wa was and still is uh, in, in terms of, of, of discrediting China, the Chinese people, and um, Mao Zedong in the Mao era, <laughs> It made me reflect on a, a very interesting experience I had during the time I wrote the book 44 Days Backpacking in China. I was coming off the Tibetan Plateau, which was an, an incredible experience in itself, and coming down to go into Yuennan and Lake Lugu and the Mosul people where the, it's matriarchal and then, you know, into Yuennan and and um, I spent the night in Xichang, and Xichang is in the southwest of uh, southwest corner of Sichuan uh, in western China. Uh, most people know where it is, uh, and I spent the night there. It really, it's really in the boondocks. I mean, it's, it's sort of like the last place you you know to go to, or the first place to come into when you enter S Sichuan from the north. Uh, or you're leaving Sichuan, you know, to go south into Yuennan. Uh, I was looking for a place to eat, and I came across this restaurant called Communist Food Party. And of course, party was for the the the, the Chinese symbol was for the Communist Party of China, not party as in ha having fun. Well, I thought, well, this is interesting. So I went in, and the whole thing was done up in cultural revolution, the the cultural revolution motif, as if like when Xi Jinping and Li Keqiang and Hu, Hu Jintao and all these other millions of of uh, Chinese adolescents uh, and uh, young teenagers <clears throat> went out in from the cities in, in, in into the countryside to learn what what it's like for the at that time 85% of the people how they actually lived and and to and to get some boots on the ground experience helping uh China's uh uh farmers and rural rural people and up until this time you know I had before before we went went back to China in 2010 I had read you know Frank Dicotter's book. You know Mao's Great Famine, and you know where he you know says that 80 million people died. Uh, you know during the Mao era, and I read the Private Life of Chairman Mao. You know the memoirs of Mao's personal physician by Li Ji Sui, and I read Mao Zedong: A Life by Jonathan Spence, and I read Wild Swans by. Jun uh, Jun Chang, who you know, the, how their lives, the three 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 generations <coughs> of women, how their lives were destroyed by the Mao era, and 
And I read, you know, Mao, The Unknown Story by, again, Jung Chong and her husband, John Halliday. And I also read Zhou Enlai, The Last Perfect Revolutionary by Gao Wenqian, you know, where he called Zhou Mao's dog. Uh, I, I believed at that time that in June 1989, in Tiananmen, the People's Liberation Army set up you know, machine gun nests on top of the National Museum and the people's, the Great Hall of the People and were gunning down, you know, mowing down thousands of freedom-seeking students. I believed all that, <coughs> which is why when I was actually going up the plateau and I was in a combi with a, with a bunch of Tibetan monks and we stopped at a basically a little army a little army base uh, out and, and, and a PLA soldier got on very 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 nicely dressed and I made a comment yeah he would not hesitate to gun all these guys down you know these these monks down if given the order you know again I, <clears throat> because I had that Tiananmen uh, uh, meme in my head during all this time I kept seeing Mao posters everywhere Mao was everywhere. He was in hotel lobbies. He was in cafes. He was in people's houses because this was the summertime and they didn't have air conditioning. You know, their houses were, you know, the doors were open. And I could see Mao pictures, Mao posters and framed and everything in little shops and stands. Everywhere I went, I saw Mao posters from beginning to end. And I kept saying to myself, but how is this possible? He, he killed 80 million people. I mean, I know it's true because Frank Dicotter and Lee Jia Sui and Jonathan Spence and Jun uh, Chang and John Halliday and Gao, they, they said it's true. I know it's true. Why are the Chinese venerating this guy? He had, he didn't have teeth, he had fangs, you know, and his fangs had green moss between them and he didn't have fingernails he had claws that were soaked with blood and he woke up every day th just trying to figure out how he could kill a million more people this is what i this is this is what was going on in my mind this is the monster and then this is the people who are, are who have his poster everywhere and then i come into a restaurant celebrating the Cultural Revolution, which was supposed to be one of the greatest human tragedies in the history of, 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 of mankind, etc. Talk about cognitive dissonance. I just, I was like, what? I can't believe this. And I did what everybody does. We, we as humans, in order to survive unpleasant, you know, unpleasant con conflicting thoughts, it's called psychologists call it cognitive dissonance when you have two com completely conflicting ideas uh, 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 coming at you at the same time. What do we do? As typically as humans, we compartmentalize them. So I just I kind of forgot about it, but it really stuck in my gut after I got back to home in Beijing back then, and I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about it. And I said, you know, the Chinese are not stupid uh, they they are not they wouldn't be celebrating and venerating mao 
if he were the monster that I have been brainwashed into believing that he was. And they would not be celebrating the man who had uh, called for the great leap forward in the Cultural Revolution. They would not be venerating this guy if he really killed 80 million people. So what I did when I got back, first off, it was not even supposed to be a book. It was supposed to be a blog when I got back, but I already had 25,000 words written, and I thought, well, what the heck? I'm going to write a book, and that's 44 Days Backpacking in China, the number one of the of the China trilogy. So, in, so since I had been told that Mao and the Mao era was just one big genocidal slaughter of the Chinese of the Chinese people. I I do I do I, at least at that point my, my the arc of my awareness started to to go up, and I did study as a comparison. See, I said, well, it did happen. This is what happened in China, but then I got into the then I got into the moral equivalence. Well, the <clears throat> Mao and the Chinese, you know, were bad and evil. But I also, but but I did do research on the American Navy, and this is in this is in 44 days. <clears throat> in the book, in fact, I include this during my time sitting in this restaurant, uh, uh, this Cultural Revolution restaurant. I did study the American Indians and the fact, and I did mention that you know it's been shown the the, the West exterminated 100 million. I did go into Iraq. You know, and 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 uh, about how uh, the the U.S. invasion, you know, Madeleine Albright celebrating, you know, killing 500,000 Iraqi children. I and I did go in and did did do talked about Palestine and the extermination and the genocide of the Palestinian people since 1917. And I then, but you know, and and I kept saying, but we. So I did that. I still said. That well, okay, Mao and and these and 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 his and his gang of henchmen did this, but the West is just as bad. <laughs> after I read, uh, after I wrote Forty Four Days, it was still just I could not accept what had happened and what I, because I was saying to myself. Well, we in America, we have expunged from our memory. We have been brainwashed that Korea was noble. We have been brainwashed that Vietnam was noble. We have been brainwashed that all of the all of the hundreds of governments that we have overthrown and all of the all of the uh, countries that we have occupied and controlled, we have expunged that and 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 again nuanced it as as you know being normal for for America. We are the exceptional nation. However, so all of that's been expunged. Uh, everything that we've done, Iraq, you know, Afghanistan, all all the horrors that 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 we have committed over over the last well, for, for if you're if you're an American Indian uh, since. Uh, the, the 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 first Europeans landed in what is it 1609 uh, in uh, Plymouth Rock. So, um, but I but then I, was, I kept saying to myself, okay, we have pushed all of this out of our collective consciousness, but the Chinese haven't. They are they they are 
the Cultural Revolution and the Mao era are in their daily lives. All those posters I saw, and even after I got, there's Mao posters all over Beijing. I mean, in taxis. I, I even have a picture in one of my three books showing I, I was in a tuk-tuk, you know, a little tuk-tuk, you know, and there's, there's Mao, Mao amulets hanging off of, you know, rearview mirrors, and I mean, he's everywhere. And I kept, and so what I decided to do, and this is how my second book, China Rising, came into being, is I said, I've really, really got to dig deep into the West, I think, in order to understand China. And that's exactly what I did. So I did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of research on the West, going back to the times of the ancient Greeks, the Romans, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, monarchy, colonialism, imperialism, world wars, <coughs> hundreds and hundreds of hours. So that's why the first hundred pages of China Rising is all about a, uh, the West and the evils of the West. Uh, one of another one of my huge awakenings when I started writing China Rising, uh, uh, Capitalist Road, Social Destinations, is when I saw the the nine on 9/11, the World Trade Center, a 42 some or 47 story building, just come down in free fall. And being a certified science teacher, I knew that that was not possible without being um, brought down with um, demolition demolition charges. So that at that point, I really got into learning more about the uh, the, the, the I, I, I took a long, hard stare into the, into my mirror, my Western mirror, and a hard hard sobering look into into the West, and I came up as it not being a pretty picture. Then I went back and started really doing research on. The, Chinese history. I started reading Chinese books and started, you know, talking to people outside of, you know, the outside of these uh, very multi-millionaire writers who are paid to write this um, these lies. I did exposés on Tiananmen, and 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 and, and I realized that there nothing happened like it, like like what I thought had happened. I have a whole page on that on my on my website. So. It's just, I just, that, sitting there in for dinner in Xichang in southwest Sichuan literally changed my life and made me realize that uh, everything, everything that is written and said about the, uh, about China, the Chinese people, uh, and um, especially the Mao era, the you know the the governance Baba Beijing, it's all one massive big lie propaganda machine. Screed to discredit to discredit the 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 people the country, and uh, their government. Thank you. <laughs>